Are you ready? You're thankful? Last week we talked about don't forget to be thankful. Don't forget what God has done in our life. And so we talked about things we were thankful for. We had the kids write down things. And the first thing that I wrote on the box was the obvious Sunday school answer, and that was Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus today. You ready to hear about Jesus today? He's kind of a big deal. You know, he's the ultimate veteran. He's the ultimate warrior. He's the one who served uh, his, the world, if you will. But you're never going to find his name on a, on a cross at the National Cemetery. Matter of fact, you're not going to find his name anywhere in a cemetery because he's not there. Because Jesus defeated the greatest enemy of all mankind. He defeated death when he rose again from the grave. And that's why he's worthy of worship. And that's the reason why we gather in this place today. Jesus, the ultimate warrior. So every week, I try to do this. I don't always accomplish this. But every week when I think about sermon preparation, I think about three things. I think about no feel, and do. Know, hear, feel it, hear, and go out and do it here. And so I want to try to accomplish that today when we talk about Jesus. I hope that's going to be my guide. This is going to be our guide to, to, to think about why we should not forget him, why we should be thankful for him. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for Jesus. There's no way we can repay him for what he has done for us. But we can live the rest of our life trying to. We can live the rest of the days that we have here on earth to please you, to worship you, to say thank you for what it is you've done for us. Help us to do that today. Help us to to know what it is we need to know. Help us to feel the things we need to feel and help us to go forth from this place and do the things you've called us to do. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse, starting at verse 17, Jesus has been in the desert. He's been tempted by Satan for 40 days. He uses scripture, scripture we even talked about last week by, you know, man cannot live by bread alone, but on the very word of God, Jesus uses scripture to defeat this enemy to defeat Satan while he was here on earth. And so uh, this is right after that Jesus begins to, to teach. He begins to call his, uh, his followers um, to follow him. and to, He's teaching them how to live. And so everybody say no. Everybody say no like you mean it. You got to know this. Jesus is the king. Okay. Jesus is the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords and kings have kingdoms, right? You think about it, in past kings have a kingdom. Every king has his own kingdom. Jesus has a kingdom, and so you might ask, okay, Brady, but where is that kingdom? Where is Jesus's kingdom? Where is it located? Well, I want you to know it's nearby. And how do I know this? Because that's what Jesus says in this passage of scripture in uh, four seventeen. It says, from then on, Jesus began to preach. He says, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And so if you want to know where Jesus' kingdom is, just look around you. It's here. It's right here. It's in you. It is around you. It is, it is where he wants us to exist while we're here on earth. Um, it's not just here, but it is in heaven. And we pray every morning, every Sunday morning, right? Let his kingdom come and his will be done. Let, like on earth, like as it is in heaven, his kingdom is nearby. 
You know, there's another kingdom that is nearby as well. And we don't speak a whole lot about it in church. We don't, we don't talk about this kingdom. But it is the, what scripture would describe as the kingdom of the air. And there's a, there is a ruler of that kingdom. And listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. You don't have to go there. But listen to what it says. It says, and you were at one time, he's, Paul is talking to the, the people in, a, in, the, in the church of Ephesus. And he says, at one time you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air. The spirit is now working, that spirit is now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as others were also. At one particular, so listen, if you know Jesus, you no longer live in that kingdom. Okay, we live in his kingdom, we live in Jesus' kingdom. But if you don't know Jesus, you're still a part of that kingdom, and there's a ruler of that kingdom. His name is Satan. Okay, I know, I know that's just, that's, those are harsh words and powerful words, but it's just reality. And you just look around you and you see that there's evil in the world we live in because that is the, is the area of this world that Satan is in control over. He's only given control by God himself, by the way. I mean, God, the only power that Satan has is because God has allowed him to have that power. And you're thinking, whoa, that, does, that makes sense. Why would God do that? Well, there is a, a certain thing in this world called free choice, free will, freedom of choice. And Jesus' kingdom displays for you reasons why to follow him. And then there's the enemy who's constantly trying to trick us up to get, him, get us to follow him. Okay? So some would say that the word world, when you think about the world, not, not like the planet, but when you think about the world we live in, is synonymous with the kingdom of the air. Okay? So when you think about this, this, this air, this kingdom that Satan is the ruler of, this world or kingdom is not actual, uh, actual location. Just like you can't say, well, here's Satan's kingdom here and here's Jesus' kingdom here. It is like the atmosphere that we live in. Satan is the ruler of that atmosphere. It's kind of scary, isn't it, in some ways? But not, not when we know Jesus. It's not scary at all. <laughs> Scripture says that we should not conform to the pattern of the world, of this kingdom. Uh, do not love the world. This doesn't mean don't love each other in the world or anything in the world, but it's just do not love that world as much as you do Jesus' world, his kingdom. Satan is the ruler of the world. Some translations say he's the prince of that particular kingdom. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he ain't no king. You hear me? He ain't no king. He might be a ruler, he might be a prince, but he doesn't have ultimate authority and ultimate power the way Jesus does. And that is good news. Now, he does have some power, though, and he uses it to keep people stuck, I think, in those trespasses and sins. That's where he'd really love for us to be. But in his kingdom, sin and death reign. And this ruler promises freedom from accountability and everything else that has anything to do with God. He promises everlasting fun and excitement. But the crazy thing is, is this prince is a liar. This prince, this ruler is a, is a father of lies. He's the one who brought lies into the world. He's the one who introduced death into the world. But it's not long in that kingdom before we realize the party is over 
And all we're left with is guilt, shame, and destruction, desperation. Those are the things that come from being in that kingdom. Nobody consciously chooses to live in that kingdom. But he's good, man. He's crafty. He's very appealing to us. Right? And we've all, at some point or another, (laughs) have fallen into that trap. One trap or another. Two words. But God. If you read on in Ephesians, but God. But God loved the world so much, right, that he sent Jesus into the earth to establish a new kingdom. But how, Brady? How do we enter in to this new kingdom? How do we obtain citizenship into this kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus, or the one that we truly are called and created to follow? How do we do that? Look at Matthew 4.17 again. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. So that is... The entry point into the kingdom. It's basically like, like this. Repentance is saying, I'm going this direction away from the kingdom. Repentance to turn around and say, I'm going to walk back towards this kingdom. I'm turning from whatever it is I was following before. It was a lie. I mean, it was convincing at first, but know now that it's a lie. And I'm turning around and I'm walking towards Jesus to follow him. The key is to confess Christ as Lord with your mouth. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you have. Maybe you've done it a hundred million times. But to confess that Jesus, you are Lord, basically saying you are the rightful king. And you are the one that I want to follow. You're the one I want to have lordship over my life. You're the one that I want to model myself after. No longer this kingdom, but I want to follow this kingdom now. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, that he did in, in, um, in truth and in, in a reality, did confront death and defeated it. So you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. That's the repentance piece. That's how you enter in to the kingdom. And this king that we are called and created to follow promises freedom as well. But because he is the truth, he delivers on his promises. He sets us free from the guilt and shame that the other king would, or other ruler would love for us to be stuck in. Every good king promises protection from the enemy. Right? In his kingdom, I'm going to protect you from the enemy. We'll build walls. We'll do all these things to keep us, keep us from... And that is no reference to Donald Trump, by the way. I'm talking about in those kingdoms, they would build walls to protect themselves from the enemy. But Jesus has already defeated the greatest enemy, and that's death. He's already defeated it. So we're going we're to cruise through this. Listen, here's what I want you to know about this king that we are called to follow, and call, the kingdom we're called to live in. Okay, Repentance is the key. Repentance is the entrance. And now that we're into the kingdom, here is this king that he calls us to follow. All right? It comes from these two words. <laughs> what was that? Um, 
It comes from these two words, he is, all right? That's the focus. He is. So Jesus is these things. Jesus is the co-creator of the universe, present with God in the beginning. He's not created. He was there in the beginning. He is fully God and fully man. He is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. Jesus is literally called the Logos. The, the, the divine principle of living is in Christ. Follow him, you'll know how to live. Because Jesus is all those things. He is literally everything in the word of God in a human being, in a God presence here on earth. He is the visible image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? Read about Jesus. You'll see exactly who he is. He's the bread of life. He is living water. Jesus is the one who satisfies every need that you might possibly have while you're here on this earthly kingdom. He is the light of the world. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the great high priest that goes before us into the presence of God. He is a good shepherd who knows his sheep by name, and they know his voice. He is a redeemer. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. Can I get an amen? Come on. If you don't feel this this morning, I have no hope for you. You've got to feel this word today. This is Jesus the one who we're ultimately thankful for. All right, Jesus will make an eternal difference in your life if you let him. Or you can just choose to reject it. I mean, it's your choice. Okay? He is the author and finisher of your faith. It starts with him. It ends with him. He is a lion. Isn't it, isn't it great that Jesus is powerful? And he's not some wimpy little guy with, with blue eyes and pasty flesh and long flowing locks like Jesus is a lion. He's the way. He's the only way to the Father. He is a mediator between God and man. We're objects of wrath and then Jesus steps in in the middle and says, no God, listen, they're worth it. They're worth it. He's a mediator between God and man. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. A little, uh, little uh, taste of Christmas season for you there. He is risen. He is the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in him will live even though they die. He's humble. He is able Right? If you're going through some stuff right now, he is able to help you with whatever it is that you're dealing with. You ain't got nothing so big that Jesus ain't able to help you with that. Now, I know that's not good English, Casey. I'm sorry. You can, you can edit the transcript. But he is able and he is available to you today. He's right here. He's it's nearby. The kingdom's nearby. It's not too far away. You don't have to go looking for it. You just have to open your eyes. He's the only true hope. He's the one who has overcome the world. He is the bridegroom. The ultimate example of a husband loving his wife like Christ loved the church. He is the one, we sing about it, he is the one who leaves the 99. He's the ultimate and only sacrifice that satisfies this wrath of God. Only Jesus could do that. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the soon and coming king. Do you know he's coming? The king is coming, right? We've seen this, have you heard this song before? He is coming, praise God, he is coming again to establish 
a new kingdom, an eternal kingdom that will last forever. That will be so much better than what we're experiencing right here and right now. And he is worthy of your worship. He's the only thing worthy of your worship. Everybody say feel. Everybody say feel like you mean it. Thank you. <laughs> How does this truth about this king make you feel? I mean, we can know about it in here. We can have all the head knowledge. But until it captures your heart, until it moves you to what it is he's calling you to do, you're stuck right in your pew, in your seat, until it moves you. Everybody say do. After repenting, what is it we're supposed to do? Well, look back at this passage of Scripture. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Yes, Korah, amen. All right. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting nets into the sea. What were they doing? Why were they fishing? Well, because they were fishermen. That's what fishermen do. Right? That's what they do. Jesus said, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. They decided, after what they were learning about Jesus, they have this experience about Jesus and something inside of them caused them to decide to go follow Jesus, And that, it's more than just like, oh, I'm going to walk behind you. I am going to actually learn from you. And I am going to learn to be like you. Jesus said to them later on, if you want to find life in this kingdom, if you want to find life that is truly life, then you've got to lose your life in order to truly find it. Here's the truth. Because of Christ, we have been reconciled to God. And now, here's the do part. We have been given this ministry of reconciliation. He has then imparted to you as a follower of Jesus, this is now your ministry to go out and do on the earth. Okay? We are his ambassadors. We become representatives of the king and his kingdom. We are then given the responsibility to go out and to fish for people. To tell them about this king that is so amazing. Oh, man, I know there's this ruler, there's this prince, but no, 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 no. Let me tell you about this king who is all these things and more to you and can be for you. He is worth giving up everything to follow him. Listen, in this kingdom, we are conformed, we are to be conformed to the image of the king. Listen, not to get the king to be conformed to our image. Really? Do you want Jesus to look more like you? Please tell me no. You want, you want to be more like Jesus. You want to look more like him. Because, man, if all we can do is get Jesus to look more like Brady, oh, God, help us all. Oh, Please. And I'm not talking about the physical you know, appearance. I'm just talking about my character because he's still working on me, ladies and gentlemen. And he's still working on you too because he longs for you to be conformed to his image. 
so that people see the king in you, so that they will worship him. He's making his appeal to the world through you and through me. Listen to what it says. I will make you fish for people. Jesus will make you a fisher of men. He will do what's necessary in you. But here's the thing. You've got to let him. You've got to say, I'll let you. I'll let you use me in my, my context, my present state, whatever it is, in my, in my work, in my home, whatever it is that you've been gifted and, and given by God, you can let him use you. And here's the deal. When you're a fisherman, you need bait, right? You've got to have some bait. Well, here's the bait that God wants us to use. The primary bait is the story of his love for us, his love for the rest of the, the world, and our love for each other. Listen, our love for each other is powerful. It, it's what draws people in. we got to love each other well, y'all. We've got to be good at that. This love story is a compelling witness And in this love story, compassion is the key, not condemnation. Can I get an amen? Listen, it's not about condemning one another for the sin that's in our life or maybe the sin that's in somebody else's life that's still following the kingdom of this world. No, we don't condemn them. We show compassion to them. We love them. We love them into this kingdom. Jesus saw people and said he had compassion on them for they were like sheep Without a shepherd. And if you see a sheep without a shepherd, don't go beat them. Go love them. Go pick them up and bring them back to the shepherd that can lead them. You hear what I'm saying? That's who we are called to be as the church. Ask the king this morning to open your eyes to see others around you with eyes of compassion, not condemnation. As you gather with your family this Thanksgiving, ask God to give you eyes of compassion for your family, not condemnation. Ask the king to open your eyes to see others the way he sees you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for... All that you are, Lord Jesus. God, would you compel us by your love to go forth from this place? To do the things that you're calling us to do. In the places that you call us to do those in, do those things in. Like wherever it is you call us to be, Lord. We're all called to go to different places. As we walk out of this place this morning, Lord, we're going to go to different places. And we all carry in us this kingdom, this residency that we have in this kingdom. And we all, we all carry the king with us and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So give us eyes of compassion. Help us to stop condemning one another. Start loving one another. Pray, Father, for maybe someone that's here this morning that has never repented of their sin and never turned and left this other kingdom behind to walk with you. They've never confessed with their mouth, Jesus, that you are their Lord. They've never believed in their heart that, God, you raised Jesus from the dead. If you're here this morning and that's you, don't wait any longer. Confess. Say, Jesus, you are Lord. I believe that you are worthy for me to follow you. You are the one true king. 
And I believe in my heart that you defeated death, that you were raised from the dead. And because of that, the Bible says you'll be saved. You'll be saved from death and destruction, guilt and shame, brought into a kingdom of love, a kingdom of light, kingdom of freedom, kingdom of, that will last forever. Because when Jesus comes again, Lord, we want to be ready for that day. We don't want to get left behind. We don't want to miss out because we chose to follow this this liar, this counterfeit. Instead, we want to follow you, Jesus. So would you come? Speak to us today. Would you help us to know? Would you help us to feel? Would you help us to walk out of here and do? In Jesus' name, amen.